Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Crypto Bobby, and we've had an interesting 24 hours, really 48, 72. I don't even know. Bitcoin has just been going up and up and up and up and up and then up. And then all coins have been going down and down and down and down and then you know, maybe down a little bit more. And Bitcoin was going up until uh, straight shots of the moon hitting really close to $14,000 in a pullback. Decided to go live on YouTube to hang out with people, take some Q&A, talk a little bit about what has been happening in the industry and answer as many questions uh, as I possibly could, you know, as I try to always do. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Crypto Happy Hour from June 26, where we had Bitcoin, you know, right under $13,000 in price. But before we hop into it, if you guys haven't heard about Roan, you are absolutely missing out. Roan is a men's performance lifestyle and premium activewear brand that is engineered for unparalleled quality and comfort. Uh, they're an absolute necessity for guys on the go right now. I'm actually literally, as of recording Crypto Happy Hour and this podcast, I am in a Roan shirt and Roan workout shorts because I don't change out of workout shorts and workout short, but it doesn't matter if you are training in the gym or jumping on an international flight. They are now your new go-to men's clothing brand. My favorite are the workout clothes. Personally, I love them. They fit great. They look great, but they make something for the modern man, regardless of the occasion. If you're looking for premium shorts, shirts, tank tops, swimwear, Roan engineer is the perfect clothing for the office, long flights, commutes, and working out. And now Roan has just released their amazing new commuter collection. It's fantastic for looking great and staying comfortable in your office as well. And if you'd like to, you can go to roan.com slash Bobby today and use promo code Bobby to get 20% off your first purchase. That's R-H-O-N-E.com slash Bobby with the promo code Bobby for 20% off your first purchase. R-H-O-N-E.com slash Bobby with that promo code Bobby and you're good to go. Let's hop into crypto happy hour. A very interesting day in the world of cryptocurrency. So there's there's a lot to talk about, a lot of fun things to dive into today. And as always, I mean, the majority of the time we spend here kind of shooting the shit and, and talking and answering Q&A uh, and having a good time. So, and yes, to the point of YT, no wonder we went down to 12K, it's, it's happy hour. I was actually brainstorming happy hour. I had a, a call for work. At the call four o'clock, have the call for work, go down to the mail room after that to send some stuff out and check my Twitter. And then you see all this crazy stuff about <laughs> Bitcoin dropping $2,000 in 30 minutes. I was like, oh, okay, okay. But to kick things off, as always, it is crypto happy hour. And since you know I'm in a good mood, we had Bitcoin at close to 14K, but now it's at 12. We got the frosted mug again. We're going for that move. Got my Montauk because it's the last one out of the six pack that I have, or it was the 12 pack. I don't remember, but we got that and can't complain about anything. If you guys are drinking anything good, definitely let me know. And as I pour this, I'll make sure to uh, start taking a look at some of these questions as well. And just popping over to, to Coinbase, pretty interesting with some of the things that have happened already i saw a lot of jokes online that hey you know we've already hit <laughs> we're already hitting all season things are heating up you had coinbase down you had a number i believe binance was down temporarily as well a number of cryptocurrency exchanges were down just because of a absolute blast off of traffic 
and trading that happened today. Numerous exchanges across the board had all-time highs for volume, which is pretty incredible. I believe BitMEX had one of its best days ever. Kraken, which is a regulated exchange in the U.S., I believe had its best day ever. Um, really across the board, a very solid day from a, a volume standpoint. See if we head over to head over to Nomics. A lot of times, coin market caps stuff is trash. But let's pull it up. Yeah, I mean, you had five billion dollars in volume on Binance today. Two billion on Deribit, which is pretty crazy to see. Deribit is a a Bitmax competitor. Coinbase Pro doing one point eight billion dollars in twenty four hours. Bithum doing one point five. You have Kraken close to a billion dollars in volume. Really, really impressive stuff. Obviously, a lot of it due to the fact that Bitcoin is going absolutely berserk. But this is the type of stuff that you know you like to see if you're going to expect uh, positive things to continue to happen in the market as a whole. So Nasty J mentions an interesting question. Have you seen that Ledger X was approved for Bitcoin settled futures in the US retail and institution, but looks like minimum 10K to trade? I've heard mostly positive reaction to the fact that Ledger X was approved for these Bitcoin settled futures. And I personally don't have, I would say I personally don't have enough knowledge on the main differences and the main advantages between, you know, Bitcoin settled future, cash settled future, and how one might benefit uh, a trader versus the other. I think that's a uh, kind of a topic that a, a trader would be able to to speak better on. But from some of the Telegram groups that I'm in that have either the, you know, crypto fund managers or the traders in that were talking about it, it was mostly positive, uh, mostly positive feedback, seeing that a lot of people had, uh, you know, thought it would be a just overall a good event for the market and also maybe clear the way for other organizations as well, even if LedgerX doesn't be, doesn't end up being the main uh, kind of company that that's utilized for this, that it still opens up the door in a positive direction. Really across the board, CME had, I believe, one of its highest days ever as well. Pull that up where they're at right now. And even pretty funny too. Uh, of course, I don't have a Wall Street Journal subscription, at least on Brave. But uh, the big story, which was on which was on the front page, I believe, of the business section in the Wall Street Journal, was the big short that is occurring in Bitcoin right now. Uh, and the big short referring to obviously the the movie with uh, Steve Carell and uh, a number of other people there, but uh, and Brad Pitt and all that stuff. But basically, you have a number of firms that are apparently institutional players that have started to bet on the fall of of Bitcoin uh, and bet in a very significant direction uh, after you've seen Bitcoin rise above you know ten eleven thousand dollars firms have started to, to take out some pretty serious bets uh, would would be curious to see how that's panned out for a lot of them so far obviously not too great uh, but it's interesting to see you're you know starting to see uh, the the futures market really pick up on CME, which I think also lends uh, additional legitimacy to the cryptocurrency markets for sure. And I think the big thing that a lot of people are, are looking at right now and, and in many respects wondering is the, the Bitcoin to altcoin cycle. That has been a, a big subject of discussion recently, I think on crypto Twitter and for a lot of people, because I would say that 
there's certainly a subset of individuals that are the either the Bitcoin maximalists or that have gotten burned just from shit coins and said, you know what, I like the space, but I don't like I don't like altcoins. I, they don't have a big use case. I'm going to ditch it. I'm going to throw my money in Bitcoin. And if you've done that, you've done very, very well for the most part, especially in the past few weeks, past few months. However, you've started to see, you know, the cryptocurrency market as a whole go up, really led by Bitcoin. The Bitcoin dominance has been increasing and increasing and increasing. And then you have a lot of the altcoins that are really bleeding out against BTC. Some have held value against USD, okay, but many of them have been bleeding out against uh, BTC pretty significantly. And that's happened really in the past 24 hours, especially for the large cap cryptocurrencies. Uh, Ethereum has held okay, but you have Ethereum down 2.5% in the past 24 hours against Bitcoin. Ripple's gotten smoked down 7%. Bitcoin Cash down 6%. Litecoin down 10%. Uh, this is against Bitcoin, which is up 7%. Uh, EOS down 13%. Uh, BSV down 10%. Uh, Binance coin down close to 9%. Basically everything in the top, let's say 30 is down against Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin is really sucking the, the volume uh, and the money out of these altcoins. And the question becomes, and I think a lot of people are looking at now is, you know, the risk reward for some of these altcoins might not be the worst thing in the world. Uh, it might not be so bad. So that's, it's something that I think is pretty interesting. would love to hear your thoughts on in the comments as well. So it, you know, are you looking at the, the market right now? Do you think Bitcoin is going to continue to run, continue to crush the altcoins? Or do you think on the other end of the spectrum, do you think that, you know, we're going to see some maybe uh, chill out with Bitcoin where it maybe stays steady, maybe pulls back a little bit, uh, but that month, some of that money might flow into altcoins. Would love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, as I see that, Reynaldo, what's going on, brother? Uh, thank you very much for that super chat. Uh, and again, as always, guys, if you need a question answered, throw it in the super chat and I absolutely will get to it. But otherwise, we'll try to get to as many as possible. Reynaldo says, what's up? Happy Bitcoin pump. Yes, absolutely. What if this is the run from 2013 to 2014 would be nice? Um, no, I, I it, it's interesting because I do think in the past, the market has been extremely, the market has been extremely cyclical, um, regardless of the ways you've looked at it. And I am I'm betting for history to repeat itself. I think that that is the most likely scenario. And I, I don't see anything that's necessarily changed. Uh, really, outside of the infrastructure and outside of some additional level of sophistication, I don't see a lot that's changed like human nature wise uh, in how things move. And I was having an argument with somebody, uh, 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 you know, nice, respectable argument with somebody um, saying that, you know, people are, are done with altcoins. They have no interest in altcoins. Uh, and Bitcoin is going to pump. And because the institutions, uh, because larger investors are putting money into Bitcoin, that these larger investors are putting money into Bitcoin, that retail will invest, uh, retail will as well, retail investors will as well. Uh, I disagreed with that. I think that even if you have these large institutional players, larger investors putting money into Bitcoin because they believe in the thesis behind it, or they just believe it's going to pump, whatever it might be. I think that by the time the vast majority of retail gets in. And for the people that are listening on, on this right now, you know, there's 265 uh, you know, watching right now. Uh, I don't think that the majority of, of retail, I don't think that the, the, the mass retail mania uh, has started again at all yet. It just does not feel like that. I mean, there was a, there was a time, you know, we have 265 people on right now. There's a time, uh, I think it was December, January of 2018, where there were 4,000 people on one of these crypto happy hours live. And I was probably not sober. 
Um, but that's 4,000 people. I, I couldn't... That's, that's it's incredible. It was nuts. It was the craziest time ever. So the fact that like that level of, um, I think, involvement was around, I, I, I haven't seen that necessarily come back yet from a retail perspective. And when I look at that, I do think that Bitcoin, by the time people in the, in the retail space are kind of getting back into it, Bitcoin is going to, if Bitcoin continues to move, Bitcoin is going to have run so hard that the majority of people will look at Bitcoin and say, I can't afford an entire Bitcoin or it's already run. I've already missed the boat. Now, what's the next Bitcoin? What is the next thing? Is it is it this Ripple thing that is the you know the the bank coin? Is it Ethereum? Is it you know Bitcoin Satoshi's eyeballs? I I don't know, but that's kind of the I think that is that's what happened in the past, and I I still do think that will happen in the future. I think people over overestimate the sophistication of of retail investors uh, and also how much they drive the market. What's up, Naomi? Hope all is well. Thank you very much for that super chat. It is uh, very much appreciated. And so uh, Morel says, I agree that the maximalist notion of dissolving alts is wishful thinking. Uh, it's the way we maximize BTC gains. We, why would we change that? I want more BTC, uh, UHTC, more BTC. That's the way it works. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think part of it, uh, and, and I have nothing uh, against Bitcoin maximalism. Um, nothing. I, I have absolutely nothing against Bitcoin maximalism. Um, but I do think, you know, that's... Uh, saying an altcoin season or an alt season is is never ever going to happen uh is somewhat you know confirmation bias as a bitcoin maximalist although at the same point in time i have shitcoins so me thinking that shitcoins will will move in a positive direction is also confirmation bias on on my end a bit um and something worth thinking about too I Spock Lex, what's up, dude? Thank you for that super chat. If you have a question, man, let me know and I will happily answer that. But that's a very generous, a very generous tip, brother. And you can buy me another 12 pack of these bad boys. Thank you for the Buffalo Chicken Fund and Crypto Diva as well. Thank you for that too. Yeah, I I actually haven't planned out dinner yet. So uh, there is a new cheesesteak place that is pretty close to me and somebody mentioned it previously. There's a new cheesesteak place that's close to me. It's actually an import from Philly. Um, I think it's like Tony Luke's, uh, and they have a Buffalo chicken cheesesteak. That's pretty, pretty legit. I enjoy it. Um, but I like to get actually two cheesesteaks and do half regular, half Buffalo chicken. You get a little bit of everything. It's a nice sampler. And then you get the old Bay, uh, seasoned fries. Not exactly the healthiest thing in the world. My stomach probably feels like shit the next day, but it is, uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful time. And I'll pull this up too. So I haven't talked about this too much before so we can let's see so some of you guys noticed i put it out on uh on youtube previously but i updated my portfolio on the website a lot of people were oh, it looks like oh, that's broken okay um i guess the page is somewhat broken but the actual picture itself is is correct um so i updated the portfolio right now for me uh about 40 close to 40 percent of my money is in bitcoin around 30 percent is in eth and you know i got my money where my mouth is with leo and i have about 25 percent of my portfolio in leo right now uh and then a little bit less than 10 in in tezos and uh you know hanging on to my my ast um so yeah right now for me personally uh, i am still majority in bitcoin and eth and then my big big like moonshot bet outside of BTC and ETH because I think those are kind of the core two uh, outside of of that is Leo. 
Uh, and that's something that I'm still pretty positive on, still pretty excited about. I think it hasn't done incredibly well as Bitcoin's run, but it also hasn't really lost USD value, which has been good to see. And I think if and when Bitcoin ever chills and and slows the hell down, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll see a nice little little baby Leo pump. So I'm sure. Let's see what do we got here. <laughs> Why no ADA in your portfolio? I thought you loved it. Um, I mean, so so for me personally, I just had to I had to consolidate things. I I had maybe ten different positions. I wasn't super confident in all of them. And I wanted to stick to what I know and what I had, you know, some level of a thesis about. And I think Bitcoin is here to stay. Uh, personally, I think Ethereum is also here to stay. I know, you know, there's there's definitely some contention uh, and some kind of rivalry between Bitcoin and Ethereum. But honestly, I, I really like them both. I think they serve very different use cases, and um, I I like having my bunny in both Bitcoin and ETH. Uh, and then Leo is, uh, you know, the other one that is kind of like the third largest bet for me. And I've talked about that before. It's the exchange token for Bitfinex. Um, a lot of people hate it. A lot of people love it. Uh, but the token economics around it are are actually some of the more, I would say, impressive pumponomics uh, of any token out there. So that's at a very high level, kind of my investment thesis with that. Uh, and then Tezos, I've been baking Tezos for a long time. We'll continue to bake it. Tezos has gotten absolutely worked against Bitcoin, though. So speaking of tokens that have not done well against Bitcoin, uh, Tezos did pretty well about uh, you know two months ago and has since literally walked to the edge of the earth and then hopped off uh, and not come back. <laughs> and uh, Ross, what's up, brother? Thank you so much for that super chat. Uh, very kind of you. Do, do you think 20K uh, Bitcoin will start the next real bull run? It's possible. Uh, I do think that they're, you know, right now it's it's funny because like the $10,000 mark, I think was previously psychological resistance and we absolutely smoked that. But when Bitcoin hits $20,000, that that's kind of like the perceived all-time high of Bitcoin. It hit $20,000 for like half a second. Um, but I do think that if you see Bitcoin blast, like if Bitcoin goes through $20,000, it's probably going to blast through 20K because that'll be psychological resistance. Granted, we have to get through 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19 first before we worry about 20. Uh, but that is when you're going to start seeing the, the, the that that's the narrative and that's the media that kind of gets around things is you have that, uh, that subject of discussion around Bitcoin. If now Bitcoin is at an all-time high, it's the subject now is not Bitcoin is at an all-time high. It's, you know, Bitcoin is up 10%. But then there's always the counter argument of, well, Bitcoin was at $20,000 18 months ago or 16 months ago or whatever it is, uh, and people dismissing it that way. So once it gets to all-time high, once it breaks through all-time high, once it makes new all-time highs, that's when a, a media cycle really starts picking up and going nuts. Uh, and you start to have some interesting conversations around uh, Bitcoin again. So I do think that that would obviously be something that could really drive FOMO. And as much or as little as people want to you know, agree with it, FOMO is, is really a big uh, you know, component of these markets as a whole. Uh, Anthony Saras, do I still dollar cost average into Bitcoin? Yes, I do. Um, I dollar cost average uh, two for one Bitcoin and ETH. So um, let's just say every week I'll put it, just for example, every week I'll put $100 into Bitcoin and $50 into ETH. Uh, and that's my dollar cost average strategy. 
Uh, Dale Thomas is no maker. Uh, I'm actually pretty bullish on the MKR token, but I only have so much money to go around. Uh, and I just kind of want to concentrate my concentrate my funds on a few different places. And, uh, you know, I sold, I think, a lot of other tokens and, and crypto to, to get into Leo um, and try to, to go in with, with some with some power. So that was the move for me. Let's pull up some, we can pull up some stuff here as well. So interestingly enough too, I saw, I'm sure it was mentioned a few different times as well, but Chainlink was, uh, added to Coinbase Pro, which is, I think somewhat interesting to, to think about. Chainlink has been, uh, Chainlink has the strongest 4chan army on the planet. And it's funny because like it is, it is now known, uh, in many respects, for the you know for the army of people that are for one reason or another extremely extremely passionate about decentralized oracles so and and the token itself has done incredibly well uh malware lee says this what would you tell a relative who has not invested into crypto to invest in crypto i would say that uh you can start dollar cost. What I would recommend and, and the kind of always original recommendation that I do have for individuals when they invest in crypto or are looking to invest in crypto uh, is to buy Bitcoin. I think that is the best way to get started, um, whether it's with Coinbase, whether it's with Square, whether it is with Robinhood, whatever it might be, I would recommend to buy Coinbase or to, to buy, buy Coinbase. That might be a few billion dollars. I would recommend to buy Bitcoin. And I would recommend to dollar cost average. I think that is the best strategy for me personally. Um, I think that is one of the the, the more uh, intelligent ways, I think just like at least psychologically to go about it. Because like, let's say you have, let's say your mom has a thousand bucks and she wants to, you've talked to her about, you know, you're whatever, you're an 18 year old kid. You've talked to your mom forever about crypto and your mom finally turns to you. She's like, I got a thousand bucks. What should I do with it? Uh, I would recommend you tell her, don't put it all in one place and don't put it all in in one time um, for the most part. And I would just say, hey, you know, look, you know, maybe buy a hundred bucks of Bitcoin today. Maybe wait a few weeks, maybe buy a hundred bucks of Bitcoin then. Um, and just kind of slowly work your way in, slowly familiarize yourself with the process. Uh, there are certainly benefits if you go all in at once, you know, as in you, if you went in all at once uh, a month ago, you are in a much better place likely than if you dollar cost averaged. But let's say, you know, the market went down. Uh, it's it's scary and I think it's frustrating for somebody that's brand new to the industry to see the market drop with all of their money into it. So that's why I recommend dollar cost averaging to individuals who are, who are new to the space. Uh, paint that shirt team. You don't think XRP is going to make it in the future in all caps. Uh, I am, uh, I'm not a massive, massive XRP fan. A lot of you guys know that about me. For those of you that don't, um, I'm not a big XRP guy. She's not my cup of tea. Uh, I don't see a ton of, of use case with it. I think it's also in a very competitive field, uh, and just like the valuation of it. Uh, I'm not a big XRP guy. However, if we do get, if we do get a bull market back, if we do get kind of a lot of retail investors back in it uh i think admittedly uh ripple is is one of the most like pumpable cryptocurrencies out there uh because i think it's a very easy sell for people and that's that's what a lot of this breaks down to is like what is easy to understand for the you know the average individual 
what's the easiest thing to understand for bitcoin you could say digital gold for ethereum it's kind of tough actually sometimes but you know you might say a decentralized computer you might say decentralized finance whatever it might be for ripple you're like you know it's it's the the banker's version of bitcoin it's banking bitcoin it's it's fast and and that that resonates with people and that's easy and that's a lot of i think this this industry is kind of creating like memeable strategies and and narratives and and that works xrp is going to top eth in 2023 well yeah four years ago i don't know what i'm eating for breakfast tomorrow let alone four years from now uh video lover i've tipped some bat to crypto bobby thank you i appreciate that um yeah i'm a verified publisher i think on on brave brave with the website and twitch and youtube as well so if you guys ever want to toss me a toss me a bat go for it <laughs> i'm all ears and uh a heads up i'm gonna pull a justin son i already pulled the justin son on twitter but i have an announcement of an announcement uh tomorrow i am announcing something so that's gonna be fun i'm really excited about it uh, i'm pretty stoked uh i'm actually really really pumped about it so tomorrow if you're on twitter and also on the youtube channel i'll make a video about it uh, but I'm pretty pumped up. It's uh, it's something I'm really excited about. I've been working on for for quite a while, and uh, I put a lot of energy into it, putting a lot of time into it, and uh, I think it's really gonna benefit uh, the the crypto space in in some respects. So stay tuned. It should be fun. It should be a good time. Gonna pull the Justin and just you know, you, you build the buzz. It's the announcement of the announcement. It's it works every time, right? <laughs> And no, I'm not launching a coin. Buffalo chicken coin already exists. I created it. Nobody owns it. Not even me. I just created it to create it. But no, there's no cryptocurrency. Nothing to pump. <laughs> uh, yeah, lunch with Elon and Warren Buffett actually at the same time is the announcement. It's it's big stuff. I paid 4.5, million dollars for for that. Uh, Nasty J, interestingly. Uh, Bobby, as someone who publishes content, has Brave had any impact on your finances? Good question. Um, I would say not a ton yet. It's YouTube is still the big like daddy in terms of if you're a YouTuber, uh, Google AdSense is still actually pretty profitable and it's still helpful. Like if you put out a lot of content and you get a decent amount of views, like you're making some good money as, as a YouTuber for sure. And it is, you know, admittedly, I haven't been doing the daily videos uh, like a lot of people have. I just have been, like I said, I, I have the thing that I'm announcing tomorrow. I've been working on a lot for the past two months. Uh, and it takes up, unfortunately, a lot of my time. Um, so I've been trying to work on that as, as much as possible and, and obviously some other things too. So with, uh, you know, with the... With Brave as a whole, though, it is definitely not anywhere near as, as like, you know, you might, let's say you earn $100 with YouTube. Maybe you earn four with Brave. I would bet five with Brave for every 100 bucks you would earn with YouTube ads. Uh, we're back in a, I, I'll say one thing. We're back in a bull market because my man's DDK uh, is pulling the old Bobby's drunk trick where Bobby has actually had less than one watermelon session ale from Montauk Brewery. Shout out Montauk Brewery, um, 4.9% alcohol. So if you think my 180 pound ass is drunk off 4.9% alcohol, um, 
you got another thing coming. I could I could take like two of these without being drunk. <laughs> Talk about Sparkster. Oh well, let's. Is Sparkster still alive? <laughs> oh, Sparkster! What a what a Hall of Famer! What a Hall of Famer! Is it up? Ew. Holy shit! Where is this even traded? The Laxy? Some might say this was the Hall of Fame ICO. I don't know if that's me, but some might say. <laughs> uh, Mark Croft, how bad is credits? Uh, I am not a fan of credits. I... I'll pull it up. I'm not a fan of credits. Uh, it's just not my... Not really my cup of tea. It never has been. Uh, I thought it was like weirdly shilled during the ICO. Um, just a lot of different things that like seem fishy to me about it. And in addition to that, the big, the big thing about the fast. So there's the problem with credits and the problem with a lot of these other things is that, uh, you know, when, when I'm looking at it, it's, it's the, the fastest and most scalable number one, prove it to me. Um, you know, it's pretty easy to make a quote unquote fast blockchain. How secure is it? especially if you have any level of, of value uh, ingrained into those so ingrained into those smart contracts. So, uh, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to get too much into it. I've just, they hit me up a lot and I don't respond. Um, just not my cup of tea. Bob Lazar, Bitcoin was created by the Advanced Naval Research Lab in a top-secret site called S4, where I worked in 1989. Hey, Alex Jones. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. This is great. Bob Lazar, this euphoria reminds me of when I discovered I would be working on reverse engineering a nuclear reactor housed in the lower level of a UFO. Well, it's more of an ominous feeling. I, that's, that's grade A stuff. That's, that's really good stuff. Uh, a couple different people asking about Litecoin. Um, I don't own Litecoin. I think that I've I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think that fast transaction uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchains are among the most easily replaceable uh, blockchains and cryptocurrencies out there. Uh, however, let's let's see if we can pull this up. So the median Bitcoin transaction fee is is up pretty substantially since I would say April. Uh, it is right now. It's at what is it at? Um, about about two dollars, a little bit over two dollars. Went all the way up to about three thirty. And I do think that that is something worth keeping in uh, keeping an eye on for for Litecoin and for some of the other cryptocurrencies out there. If this continues to move up, going back to the point of easy narratives. Uh, transaction fee is amongst the easiest narrative for somebody to understand. If somebody is brand new to cryptocurrency, absolutely brand spanking new to cryptocurrency, and you go to them and you say something like this, you're like, you know what? Hey, you can send a uh, hundred dollars of Bitcoin and you're going to pay five bucks to send a hundred dollars of Bitcoin. And they're like, why do I have to spend five? You know, why do I have to do spend five bucks? And you're going to say, well, that's the transaction fee. And that's what you need to do. Or somebody can buy Litecoin and they'll buy $100 worth of Litecoin. And you say, you know, okay, you can 
send $100 a Litecoin and it's five cents or whatever it is. And I do think that that resonates with people and they're like, wow, you know, Litecoin, I have a hundred bucks, I can send it and it's five cents. This is better. You know, there's obviously trade-offs. There are security trade-offs. There are issues. There are reasons that it is cheaper to you know, send that cryptocurrency by Litecoin uh, than it might be, you know, something with Bitcoin. There's There are security issues there, things like that. Or at least not issues, but considerations. Same thing with Bitcoin Cash, uh, maybe with Bitcoin SV, whatever it might be. Um, Ripple as well. Uh, other other cryptocurrencies that have the kind of advertisement of we send your money really fast. Usually there's always a trade-off there. However, the trade-off becomes worth it for the average person when you have the price of a Bitcoin transaction fee, you know, getting really big. And that very much happened in, you know, you can kind of see that as really peaking alongside of uh, the peaking alongside of the kind of mass mania and the, the alt season of 20, uh, 2017, 2018, where you had Bitcoin transaction fees rising to you know, from all the way from $4 all the way up in not a very long amount of time to $34. Uh, and then pretty much right back down within a month or two. So it's something that you definitely want to consider and think about, especially if you are like an LTC bull. I, again, I'm not, but this is something, this is the Bitcoin median transaction fee, the chart. I would keep an eye on that because I do think that is a massive driver of success uh, in price for things like LTC and some of the other more transaction fee-based cryptocurrencies. Uh, and then Morel says, same point goes to Nano for alt season is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I would I would say Nano would be in the mix with the, the Litecoins and the Bitcoin caches. And, you know, there are certain cryptocurrencies that are just associated makes me burp certain cryptocurrencies that are just associated with low transaction fees as their main selling point and i do think nano is one of those obviously in addition to the litecoins and the bitcoin caches of the world so this is a fantastic question from our man the mad cow in all caps when the fuck are alts going to pick up or should i do the when the are alts going to pick up um so alts are going to pick up in my humble estimation guesstimation. I have no idea. Uh, alts might run if Bitcoin ever chills out. Uh, Bitcoin continues to move. The amount of money it takes Bitcoin to to, to have a pump, um, and the, basically there is there's a flow, and the flow of money is right now out of altcoins into into Bitcoin. And I do think it's interesting and I think it's kind of funny too seeing the you know individuals chasing at least for me when I look at the risk reward uh of of some of these uh of some of these kind of plays you have a lot of people chasing maybe smaller moves on Bitcoin to um or excuse me exiting altcoins that have a yes they have they have a inherent risk to them because they're basically shit coins um they're chasing the move on Bitcoin exiting out of their altcoins at a, at a significant loss and chasing that run and then uh, kind of throwing that away. But I, I do think that there is going to be a point where you'll see alts move in a, in a positive direction. And Christopher Abbott says made BTC my primary holding a couple months ago. Smart move, brother. Smart move. You uh, you played it well, and I'm sure you're sitting well in, in addition to that. So... 
that's an interesting question. Uh, Jay bags. What's up, brother? Always good to see you, my man. Uh, so Jay bag says seeing polls on Twitter, like, do you like Bitcoin's price being driven up by tether? Could it be different this time? I remain neutral. So there are a lot of, of people out there. Let's, let's see if I pull up Twitter. Um, here's one. There we are. Um, so I think there are a lot of people that look at Bitcoin and look at the inflows of Tether. Let's see if I pull it up. I think I tweeted something about it. And it, you know, there, there's kind of a, if we got it. So here you got, um, this is from yesterday and today during the last bull run. This is from Nicholas Weaver, um, somebody who not a fan of Bitfinex, not a fan of Tether. Um, it, it doesn't have that many likes, so take it for what it is. But this is the type of thing that's starting to circulate a little bit more, and, and you should at least know both sides. Um, but so he says, during the last bull run, Tether was about one-third of the new money needed to support the price. A lot of the rest was miners holding instead of selling because they were making profits on paper, but you had, actually do you had actual dollars coming in. This bull run is all Tether. You need 500 million a month of new money flowing in to support the 10K price. That is to absorb the newly mined coins since unlike a stock bubble, there is new supply and there is more than that in new Tether a month right now, which basically says uh, he means the system is actually hemorrhaging a huge amount of cash to pay for mining costs uh, and, and really attributing the run to Tether. And I think that personally, and from, I, I've started to speak to a few different individuals that are maybe more in tune with the crypto space in Asia. And this has also been published recently by places like the block as well. But what the U the U S and, uh, I would say, I guess like the, you know, the, the Western world has a, a, a hatred maybe in some respects for tether and, and really does not in addition does not like bitfinex however asian traders and and folks in asia very much are are happy to trade with tether and and it is the stable coin of of choice out there and i think that there is kind of a it's it's a little bit of a i don't want to say a misconception but i do think that um there's kind of like two, there's a dichotomy between what the, the, the Western world look, how the Western world looks at Tether and how the Eastern world looks at Tether. And the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but a lot of the, I think things that are kind of spoken about it, um, I don't know. It's, I, I would, I would have a hard time attributing the entire move to, to Tether. I, I don't think anybody, you know, you have people attributing the, the Bitcoin move to, to, to Libra and Facebook. And saying everybody's interested in Bitcoin now because of Libra and Facebook. You have Bitcoin pointing to, you know, you have people pointing to Tether. You have people pointing to uh, institutions coming to the space and, and more sophisticated investors, things like that. Really across the board, there's there's no accurate way for the most part of knowing. Uh, it's pretty difficult to, to point to a specific reason, at least in my opinion, uh, as to why the price of Bitcoin is moving in a positive direction. Uh, box mining. So uh, Zoran says box mining talks about Tether being more of a reflection of Chinese running to Bitcoin. Uh, I, I do think that Tether is also involved a little bit in capital flight uh, out of China as well. But yes, uh, traders in China, traders throughout Asia, I think are pretty positive on the utilization of Tether. And 
you, know, you might not like it in the United States. There might be a number of other alternatives, as you know, as we've seen with a massive kind of influx of of stable coins in the United States in the past and and now globally because of that. But you know, you have the GUSDs, you have the you have the uh, TUSDs, you have the USDCs, you have the Paxos. There, are, there's a new, there's there's a variety of alternatives now uh, that somebody can utilize as a stablecoin. So. Uh, Dale Thomas says, have you read the Bitcoin billionaires, uh, book? Great read. Yeah. Let me see if I can get you guys a link of the, uh, let me see if I get it for you. So Bitcoin billionaires is a pretty, pretty fun read. I would say it is from the author of the, uh, it's from the author of uh, it's from the author behind uh, the social network. It's Ben Mesrick. So I think he's a, a pretty, pretty enjoyable author to read. He tells, he tells a good story, whether or not there's any like embellishments in the story or anything like that, you know, it kind of remains to be seen, but I do think that the story uh, Ben Mesrick tells is always a good one. And so Bitcoin billionaires really hovers around the Winklevoss bros, which is, uh, Something that I think a lot of people maybe have some element of misconceptions about. Some of it seemed like a little bit of a up for you guys. So I'll put the link there in the comments. It's in the restream. So if you click on that, it's an Amazon link to get you to uh, the book. But basically with Bitcoin billionaires, you have the Winklevoss brothers who are actual billionaires now because of because of bitcoin and what they did was they really went freaking all in in i think it was about 2012 they bought uh one percent of the total supply of bitcoin when bitcoin was between like 10 uh, around ten dollars per se they bought one percent of the entire supply of bitcoin uh granted you have new bitcoin mined on it on a consistent basis but let's just say for example's sake they own about one percent of all bitcoin so right now they would own about, say, what is it? $2.2 billion worth, probably around there, maybe a little bit more, um, in addition to their stake in Gemini and all that type of stuff. Uh, so it's a really enjoyable book. I liked it. Uh, JBX is quite expensive. So I have an Audible subscription, so I actually listen to the book. Uh, but it's also kind of cool to hear. So there's a couple different characters within the book that you might be familiar with as well. Uh, you guys know Charlie Shrem. Uh, Charlie Schramm is a pretty prominent figure in the book. Roger Ver is also pretty prominent. Uh, as you might guess, maybe not. Uh, the Winklevoss twins and Roger Ver did not get along at all. Kind of funny story. Uh, the Winkle, so Charlie Schramm, who was basically like the first Bitcoin guy to go to jail, um, kind of sucks. I, I feel like Charlie Schramm was just like a kid and got railroaded and really didn't know what he was doing and just kind of. Charlie Shrem got rich on Bitcoin at like 22 years old and started a company that was basically an exchange. Didn't really know how to operate it. Didn't really abide by the laws um, and just got carried away and was like making so much money hand over fist that he made some, some, some errors and the kid went to jail for like a year to two years. Now he's not a kid, obviously, but um, his company was bit instant and with bit instant, uh, you had uh, Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss invested in it and also Roger Ver invested in it as well. Uh, interesting story too. Roger Ver, uh, I think, didn't even meet Charlie Shrem. He just wired him like $150,000. Uh, he, I think, 
uh, heard about him or heard him speak somewhere and sent him like a chat message and literally like within like a day or two sent Charlie Schramm like $150,000 for 15% stake in his company. Uh, and then the Winklevoss twins later invested in BitInstant and the Winklevoss brothers and Roger Ver did not get along at all. Um, Roger Ver said they were like part of the establishment. They were status and all this stuff. And uh, the Winklevoss brothers basically said Roger Ver was um, somebody who, you know, was a, was a felon and went to jail and all that type of stuff. So it was, it was, it's a good book. It's an entertaining book. If you're familiar with, if you're familiar with Bitcoin, if you're familiar with the cryptocurrency world and you like to hear about the background, it was a cool story about like the, the 2011, 2012 timeframe of the crypto world, um, really focusing around how the Winklevoss brothers got into it, uh, as well as like Charlie Schramm and, uh, kind of how, the, how the industry maybe grew up a little bit. Uh, Naomi, thank you so much. Have a Buffalo chicken wrap on me. I absolutely will do. Uh, thank you. That is very, very kind. And yeah, if you guys need uh if you guys need a link, I'll it's in the YouTube chat uh, on the side, so you can click on that and uh, that'll that'll take you there. Uh, Daddy Tube, I have 0.55 Bitcoin. Will I be wealthy? Uh, you, you'll be wealthy if Bitcoin goes to a million dollars, but will it? I have no idea. Um, what what do you have besides 0.55 BTC? Uh, crutches, what's up, brother? Uh, did I go live at? 139920 uh, no but I thought about it I, I I did think about it but I did not go live then but I think my thoughts were enough um Thomas what's up opinion on Pareto and B token so I don't even what's Pareto sounds familiar but I have no recollection at all Pareto rewards Ugh. <laughs> you're really uh Thomas is diving in the dumpster for for, for those low caps, $330,000 market cap uh, traded on KuCoin with a 54K. I bet you, I bet you this is a beautiful example of, of wash trading. Let's see. Where is it? Hold up, KuCoin. Give it to me. <laughs> yep. Hit me with a volumizer, boys. Hit me with that volumizer. Let's see. On the daily uh proper gold damn i was censored cool uh well sometimes youtube has this algorithm where it picks up if you have a shitty comment uh and you're not funny and it will either you know kick you for that comment or maybe i'm talking and also removing your comment at the same point in time because it's also not funny and you need to be more original if you're a troll like if you're a troll be a good troll uh if you're an idiot that's fine too you're just an idiot so um we're here for both. That's fine. We, we accept everybody regardless of intelligence uh, on the Crypto Bobby channel. Always happy to have you. Uh, but yeah, being censored is is beyond your scope, bud. Nobody cares about censoring you. <laughs> Thomas, uh, I bought the Pareto ICO. Money went down the drain. Ian Bolina suggested it and rated it a top ICO. Uh, sorry, Thomas. The apologies. <laughs> This shirt is not financial advice. <laughs> uh, Prince Huda says, would you rather be neighbors with McAfee or Craig Wright's best friend? Um, well, if you're neighbors with McAfee, you might get killed. Uh, allegedly, your neighbors with McAfee, allegedly, you might you might get offed. Uh, if you are Craig Wright's best friend, you might actually try to kill yourself. So either way, death is kind of inevitable. 
So it's a it's a it's a coin toss at that point. Uh, Stefan said even Robinhood had load issues today. Pretty wild. Yeah, I mean I think there there's obviously a there's obviously some some people that are getting back in the market. I've had friends that I haven't talked to about cryptocurrency and they've actually held. Shout out to them, just kind of holding on throughout the entire bear market. Um, that are texting me out of the blue saying, yo, what do I do? Do I start taking some profits? What do I do with this stuff? Um, and that's been happening, you know, on a pretty consistent basis recently. So it's been, uh, it's been an interesting thing to, you know, it's been an interesting thing to see. And I think retail is, is definitely starting to slowly and slowly get back into the game for sure. Now it's, it'll be different this time, but at the same point, <laughs> you know, you want to say last time in 2017, it, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't get KYC. You couldn't open up a Binance account or a Bittrex account. People were selling Binance accounts for like a couple hundred bucks on, um, on eBay and places like that. And now you have exchanges crashing again, things like that. The one thing I do think is kind of funny is every once in a while on Twitter, somebody's like, you know, BitMEX is down. Uh, Deribit is down. Coinbase is down. Binance is down. XYZ exchange isn't down. It's like, yeah, because nobody's using that exchange, you idiot. Like, yes, nobody's using whatever shitcoin exchange that you have a referral link to. Nobody's using it. And that is why it's not down. That's the reason. Not because it is superior design or it has better tech or they have genius engineers that have provided incredible infrastructure. Uh, it's not down because nobody's using it. So, um, a hot tip neck breaker and anybody else. I don't censor anybody. I don't care. There's 390 people here right now. And I don't have time to simultaneously go through the comments, uh, as well as as stream. So I am not censoring you, you sensitive little baby. Um, just, just write better stuff and maybe YouTube will figure it out. Um, but outside of that, uh, <laughs> The Axie Exchange. So I've I've just been keeping an eye on this. I have no account. Uh, the Axie was shilled hard on crypto Twitter because they have a reflink program. I don't know all that much about the liquidity yet. Let's just see. Let's take a tour. Let's look at it. See what's happening. Um, I I'm pretty sure the only pair with a ton of or with a good amount of liquidity was was really the Axie to BSD pair or to BS. Excuse me. The Axie to BTC pair was basically the uh, the pair with the most liquidity. Uh, let's see how much is being traded on BTC to uh, USDC. Not a ton. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's there's not a lot of order book depth there at all. And that's the second largest market, ETH BTC as well. Also, not a lot of of depth. So, you know. For me, I would wait until that figures out. I do think BXE is somewhat lucky that uh, the stuff with Binance is happening as it is, because if Binance does shut down uh, U.S. accounts and if they, I would say, aggressively geofence, it's something to keep an eye on because uh, if they are to aggressively geofence and they start banning people who, um, you know, even IP in uh, you know, maybe once from a U.S., it, it, just if they aggressively go after it then I do believe that you're going to start seeing some outflow into exchanges that are friendly with U.S. users. And I believe BXE is is one of those, if I'm even pronouncing it correctly. Uh, but they definitely need to get the volume up. Like the, the volume right now is the only volume that they have at all is on their own token trading pair. 
uh, and they have 40 BTC of volume, which is 400K in volume, which is not all that much for a centralized exchange. Um, so you want, you want to keep that in mind. I would not say to move your trading activity there because if you want to, you're probably not going to be able to trade anything. Uh, there's not a lot of, uh, not a lot in the order book. Maybe that'll take some time to get populated. Maybe they need to get some makers on board. We'll see what happens. Uh, Morel says YouTube views are a decent indication of retail participation. Uh, yes, I, I think they are for sure. Uh, low participation with high means, uh, we haven't even begun yet. Well, that's, you know, if we're specifically looking at, at retail, but I also do think there, there definitely has been a bounce off the bottom. Uh, you know, the, the I think the big and the consistent YouTubers out there. Uh, you know, you got like the guys like Data Dash and, and some of the other folks out there, you know, they're back to getting 20, 40,000 views uh, a video and on a, on a pretty consistent clip, the, the guys that are doing it on a daily basis. So I do think that that that's actually pretty close to pretty close to, to bull market territory. It's not, it's not the days of, uh, Dougie Polk getting a hundred K, uh, you know, views on, on a, on a video within five minutes of, of putting it out probably, but I, you know, I think we're moving, we're definitely trending in the right direction because there were certainly times where, you know, you had people with 100 plus thousand subscribers getting, you know, a lot less than 10,000 views on a, on a daily basis. Um, so I think we're, we've definitely bounced from a, from a retail standpoint, but nowhere near where we were previously either. So Freeman Young says, any news that might spoil this run? I mean, there's always news that can spoil a crypto run. Uh, there absolutely is. What that news is, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Otherwise, I would be preparing for it. And I mean, outside of, of taking money out of the market, there's really not a, we're going short, which seems like a terrible idea right now. Uh, there's not all that much you can do to it. But I, I as far as near-term issues that I think could, could affect things, uh, I, I don't have anything off the top of my head. Uh, Naomi says, just finished reading the book yesterday, referencing, uh, I believe Bitcoin billionaires, the link is there in the chat if you need it. Um, but Naomi says she just read the book and it was uh, interesting and easy read. Yeah. It's, it's an, it's like a, it's an easy read that you can enjoy. Or if you have an audible subscription, like I do, uh, you could listen to it. It's a fun listen. Totally. Uh, so good question, Dylan. Uh, what are what's the better crypt or what's the better book, Crypto Assets by Chris Bernisky or Bitcoin Billionaires? So I would say uh, Crypto Assets by uh, Bernisky is educational, uh, and Bitcoin Billionaires is you're going to learn a little bit, but it's mostly entertainment. So if you want to be entertained, but you want to like you know read about uh, the Bitcoin topic, but just get a little bit of like a story and entertainment, go with Bitcoin Billionaires. If you're interested in like investing in cryptocurrency. Uh, and you want to try and learn and, and like think think through the mind of a quote unquote uh, you know an institutional investor. Read uh, Crypto Assets by Chris Bernisky. Uh, Freeman Young said, "Should I go all in on Leo uh, certified financial advice?" Yeah, you boy, go all in, baby. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Crypto Happy Hour. If you did, make sure to hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast tool you listen to the Crypto Bobby Show on. Uh, and also leave a rating and a review. Those definitely help to get the show out uh, and much appreciated. Uh, let me also know if you enjoy these kind of versions of the show with the live Q&A, if it's helpful for you at all, if it's something you like to listen to. Thank you so much for your time. Crypto Bobby signing out. Hope you have a good one. Peace.